Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Fearing, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hello, this is the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Diane, the Lactation Consultant. I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And we are at episode 19, and we're going to talk about spoiling babies. And last week, episode 18, um, I shouldn't even have to keep saying that because I'm going to lose track. <laughs> really, I just do that for me because then I know what I know. numbers are. Yeah. They but don't care what number it nobody is. Nobody cares what number it is. So uh, we talked about co-sleeping. And, you know, I realized kind of like halfway through that that, you know, the spoiling babies thing kind of goes hand in hand with that. Not for us, but for like a lot of people in society because they say, oh, you can't do this because you'll spoil your baby, you'll spoil your baby. That is probably one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to maternal yeah. child health is the spoiling baby piece. And it blows my mind every time I still hear somebody say, can I hold my baby? Or my, my mother told me I was spoiling my baby. Or my grandmother told me I was spoiling the baby. Or this random jackass told me I was spoiling <laughs> the baby. Like, I don't understand how that is still being put out there as a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get the record straight. It's impossible to spoil your baby. And I was at a conference with um, Dr. Jay Gordon, and he had this funny, he was like, somebody said something about like spoiling a baby by breastfeeding or something. And he was like, you can spoil a three-year-old by giving them a cookie every time they cry, but you can't spoil a baby. And I just thought that was like perfect. Mm-hmm. It was, it's like, yeah, okay, you can, yeah. There's ways to spoil maybe older kids, it, or, or if, if you know, if you do like weird things like that. Because even the word "spoil" kind of like makes me grossed out. Right. Because like, what? Why can you not just give a child what they want and need? Why? What's why, wrong with that? Why? Why? Yeah. And and if you're talking about a baby, then it's just impossible. It's impossible to spoil your baby. Pick them up when they're crying. Pick them up even when they're not crying. Hold them all the time. Right. Hold them as much as you can. This is what babies were spoiled. We were talking a lot last week about natural human behavior. Like that that's normal. It's normal for your baby to be, you know, on your chest. Get a baby carrier and hold them all the time. That's normal and it's good for them. And it helps their brain develop and it helps their, you know, to regulate their body temperature. It helps your milk supply. Mm-hmm. It's know, all it's, good for baby. It's so funny because you know, as somebody who watches this, sometimes with, from newborn, like, you know, I'll get moms at the very newborn and and sometimes they'll stay with me for long periods of time because they're really just, and when I say stay with me, I just mean like constant contact or come to my support groups or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those babies are the ones that are always more content. Just overall, (laughs) overall, Mm -hmm. if they are held more and fed on demand and responded to, if you are responding to your baby's needs, like last week we were talking about your baby doesn't want to be eaten by a tiger or a bear. So they're going to cry so that they can stay with you because that's where they feel safe. That's yes. That's their, that's their crying is their signal that they need something that they feel unsafe, that they want you, that they need. And if you are nurturing that and and you are responding to that, you are going to build a security and a trust with your child that will take them on for the rest of their life. And those are the babies where, you know, several months in, no, okay, I don't need to be so needy because my mom is right there. She responds to me every time I need her. She's there for every feeding. Those are the babies. It's really the reverse. People think, oh, if I pick up my baby, they're going to be spoiled. No, if you pick up your baby, they're going to learn that you're there and they're not going to need to reach out to you as often as they do. Right. They're not. Right. It's it's a very, very well-known fact that those breastfed babies are... Or babies that are, you know, responded to 
they are actually more independent and more secure. Totally. Yeah. And people talk about like, cause I'm a big, I throw the word attachment parenting around a lot because I like it. And I think it's, um, I think it, it's, it's a good description of things like, you know, keeping your baby close and breastfeeding and all these things. And, um, but you hear people are like, oh, that attachment parenting thing, all oh, that thing where you're just like with your baby all the time. And, you know, you know, it's like, well, yeah. And, and people are like, oh, that's, you know, that's not good for baby. So here, actually, attachment parenting is not just something that's made up. It's actually based on child development and the normal and natural human needs of a human baby. So it's not something that was just invented, you know, this actually, this whole detached parenting thing that we've gotten into of like, you know, the whole idea that you can spoil a baby, that babies need to be independent, that you need to keep them at a distance. That is new. Mm-hmm. Throughout history, throughout, you know, all human behavior and child development, keeping your baby close and meeting their needs, whatever their needs are constantly and consistently actually leads to is based on child development and, you know, human behavior and leads to, like you said, healthy adults. Yes. And those ba- they're seriously more content. They're more they are. content they babies. Cry less, they, yeah. Yeah. They, it's just, and I won't, I'm not going to lie. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It's hard. It's hard to well, be an attachment parent. Parenting is hard. You know, nobody said it was going to be easy. It's, parenting is hard. And you definitely lose part of yourself. And, you know, you don't have time to yourself as much as you would if you, you know, just whatever, but it, it's not forever, you know, like it's, when your baby is little, they need you when they're newborn, they need you. They just, they just do. And I, I always, I always question that when people are like, Oh, that's so hard. Cause it's like, is it really harder than getting up every hour in the night to go to the room to feed them? Like, is it really harder than like listening to them cry? Right. I mean, these things are really hard. You lose more sleep. You're, it's, I mean, anyone, anyone, even people who, who do practice like cried out in those things that we say don't do, we, I say don't do, um, they're in complete emotional agony in the other room. Right. Like, I mean, you can't, no one can just sit and listen to their baby cry. That's hard. That's very It's hard. actually ends up being a lot easier when you just keep them, bring them close you know, get into a sleeping situation that's comfortable. You're going to sleep more. Your baby's going to cry less. You're going to have to get up less. And you know what I also find with those parents is they'll, they'll say to me, am I supposed to be letting my baby try to sleep by themselves? Am I supposed to be, you know, separating myself from them? Am I supposed to put my baby down and let them fall asleep by themselves instead of nursing them to sleep? Like when I try to do that, the baby cries and I, I feel like it's not the right thing to do. But they're doing that because that's the advice of somebody else. Their instinct is to not do that. But they're trying yeah, to follow right, advice right, that somebody right. else who doesn't live with them and doesn't know them is telling them to do. And it's like, follow your instinct exactly. with this. If your instinct is, this is how my baby is comforted and this is how the whole family is at peace, then why aren't we doing that? Why are we fighting against that? Right. I know. I know. It's really odd. And I, I don't even know where it began. I think it began with the whole like form, you know, formula. Here's moms having to, wasn't it, isn't this like, I, I should probably know more about this, but so like around World War II, more women had to go 
Go to work, yeah. Out of, go to work. Mm-hmm. And so they needed like a breast milk supp- sub- 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 substitute. Right. <laughs> That's, what's the word? Substitute. Substitute. Um, and so then here comes formula. Then here comes, you know, everybody's working and everyone's needing to get, you know, the sleep. And then we create this whole new culture that's created around the 40 hour work week. And now women, you don't get to have any maternity leave either. You get like six weeks and you get to come back to work with your vagina still sore. And, you, you know, and, 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 and dad, hey, you don't get anything. You don't get to, you're not going to be home to help at all. Right. right. Screw you. It's, yeah. You know. And, and screw mom, just right. like, you know, cause you can't, you know, you know, they don't let him be there to help her. Um, and so now here we have it. We have like a, 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 a billion dollar crib industry. Right. And, you know, a, a billion dollar formula industry and all of these things that, that, that we've become really reliant on. And it's, you know, again, like we were talking about, we said last week. If this is what you're doing, we're not saying that you're bad. We're just trying (laughs) to talk about how we've gotten to this situation and how our instincts to keep our baby close are actually real and they're normal. Mm -hmm. And people try to tell you that it's not, that you shouldn't be doing that. And you're not going to, you're not going to spoil your baby by picking them up and consoling them. You're not. I mean, think of us as adults. If we cry, do we want everybody to ignore us? Right. You know, I mean, there was a couple of years ago, we had to put one of our dogs down and I was actually at a friend's house. We were, I was with a couple of doulas. Like who else could you possibly be with when you have to find out you have to put your dog down? Like (laughs) to be with doulas is probably like the best thing in the world, you know? Because then I'm on the phone with my husband and I started to cry. And of course, they're right there and they're hugging me. And are you okay? And what can I do? And da da da. You know how horrible it would feel if people would be just like, ignore that? Like, nothing, you know, like, right. oh, well, she'll get over it. She just has Stop to learn how crying. to feel, feel it out for herself and, and deal with it on her own way. Like, this is your baby. They don't know how to manage anything. They need, they need you. Right. I, I, I've heard, I've heard things so outlandish, like it's good for your baby to cry because it builds their lungs. Yeah. That used to be a you know? thing, right? Like, that's like a thing. Yes. That used to be like a thing. Like, oh, it's good for them to cry because it makes their lungs stronger. Who makes this stuff up? I don't know, but your, mu- your lungs are not muscles. So no. that doesn't even make any sense. And how come <laughs> stuff that we say doesn't get picked up like that? Like, right. like I base my stuff on like actual research that doesn't right run rampant through the country as a it's a new right. thing like come on right it's become complete cultural norms and it's if you say you know and there's so much fear-mongering and all this stuff that keeps it alive you know the things like you know picking up your baby or breastfeeding extended breastfeeding or um you know picking picking them up when they cry and and you know whatever all the things that we're talking about it, it's just, it's become there. And there's a lot of muscle behind it, right? There's a lot of these big, huge organizations mm-hmm. that say these things. Yeah. You know, that say, you know, don't sleep with your baby or don't, or don't you know, it's, you might, you know, you might roll on your baby. That doesn't, it's not, that's not happening. <laughs> it's just not happening. I mean, it's, I don't know. We, um, we were reading something in the paper yesterday. No, it was actually a CNN 
thing that came up. Uh, we get these news alerts because we're crazy like that. But get these, you know, CNN news alerts. And it was something about, like, do not give your dogs uh, this specific treat because it'll kill them. Like, that was the, like, the headline. So, of course, we're like, oh, God, I hope we're not giving our dogs that. You know, we look at it. Fifteen dogs have died. I'm not even kidding. That's what it said on the thing. Which, of course, it's sad when anything happens. But do we need to make this a national epidemic because 15 dogs have died? Like, there's just a lot of fear mongering going on with anything. But when it comes to your baby, like, don't ever second guess the fact that they need to be nurtured. Right. And I have moms all the time that will say to me, if the baby cries and I pick him up and just put them to the breast because that's, and they stop. Like, is that bad? I hear that at least once a week, at least once Mm -hmm. a week. Is it bad if I do that? Is it bad? No, it's not. (laughs) You're responding to your baby's needs. You should should do that. You know, but somewhere along the way, they heard it was bad. Yeah. They heard it was bad to comfort their child. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why that's a thing. And I just don't understand. Right. And I, you know, that's interesting because, Another thing that happened is happening to us, our generation of parents, is the internet and and the twenty four hour news channels. Holy God. Because there is not twenty four hours worth of news to give you. So they start picking up anything and everything to make huge media sensations out of. Right. And it's not, there's no basis on this. Do you remember the summer of the shark attacks? <laughs> yes. There were, actually, there were actually less shark attacks that summer than any normal summer. There's like, nothing else to do. Like sometimes, my son is really into sharks, so you have to be careful. Like you can't, you have to like, like he's like, sharks do not bite people on purpose. Like they just think it's a seal. <laughs> so, you know, he's like very mad at like movies like Jaws and stuff that make Sharks look like manhunters. Yeah. And he is like, would be so mad at this whole summer of shark attacks because sometimes shark, you know, like a great white shark or something is, he eats meat. And there are sometimes, especially they've showed like the underwater view of like a surfer on a surfboard. It looks like a seal. It looks like a fat seal with his like flippers. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they bite and then sharks always, they bite once and then they go, ew. <laughs> <laughs> that was bony and not a fatty seal. Yuck. And and then they swim away. And so, okay, so the whole, I'm just telling you this because, so that's normal. Like mm-hmm. that happens every summer around the world. There's like an average amount of time that happens. So the summer of the shark attacks, they even went back later and they said there were less that summer than any normal summer. But it was the biggest thing. And every single time somebody got bit by a shark, it was like, Oh my God, another shark attack. What's happening? The sharks are lashing out at humans. And it was like the man, it was insane. And it's just because they have nothing else to do. Like covering the stuff that goes on in the Middle East, covering all the like tragedies in the world only takes a certain amount of time. But now they've got 24 hours now and they've got internet, they've got Facebook, they got all this stuff that they've got to fill this time with. Mm-hmm. And it gets out there, it gets into our heads and we actually end up shaping behavior around it. Oh, yeah. Like I, look, I look at my newsfeed now and I can see I'll follow like, you know, Facebook pages about parenting and stuff like that. And I can see, you know, it's like, you know, 
10 reasons why breastfeeding too long could, you know, bite you in the ass. And it's like, what? There's like, this is based on nothing and it's clickbait, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but there, but there it is. And some mom's in some mom's newsfeed who's already being told that she's breastfeeding for too long. And it's just another thing that she's going to go, Oh God, I should probably stop this. Even though I don't want to. It's, and I'll tell you, I totally fell into that whole shark thing. Like I totally <laughs> did because we, go, we spent, you know, a week every summer in Myrtle beach. Uh-huh. So I totally fell into that. And Tom was like, don't even start with the sharks. Are you but kidding me he, right now? It gets in your head. It does. And he goes like, he had to seriously break it down. Cause he goes, all right, let's look. We've got this coast to this coast, and there's how many miles, and there's how many people on the... And he, like, did the numbers and everything. He goes, when you break it, you got three people that got bit out of 800 million people that are at the coast every summer. Like, don't even come to me with this shark issue. We're going to Myrtle Beach, and you're going to have a good time. Like, it was totally ridiculous. And I'm like, all right, you're right. All right. Like, but it does. It gets in your head. It really does. It totally, totally gets in your head. And it is designed to get into your head. Because then it creates frenzy and it creates all this stuff, you know, that keeps you coming back and it keeps the news stories alive. And then and then here we are making dis- parenting decisions mm-hmm. based on it. And, yeah. you know, I'd rather have a bunch of people, you know, like a little bit scared of sharks for a summer than people actually making breastfeeding and sleeping decisions about their babies based on this crap. Awful. And sometimes, and that's why, sometimes that's those why, little titles, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, sometimes yeah. those little titles aren't even what they're supposed to be, but they drag you in. Yeah, and it could be that, that, oh, you're breastfeeding for two, 10 reasons why you're breastfeeding for too long. And then you click on it and it's like, it's not even about that. Like, right, exactly. just like that Time magazine. We talked about this a long time ago, like yeah. the Time magazine cover with the mom that was breastfeeding and people freaked out. That wasn't even about breastfeeding. No, it was about attachment parenting. Right, but it, it drew people in, didn't it? That and it pissed did. people off because it was, right. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy the whole, how much the media blows things up because there's nothing else to do sometimes. Right, I know. And yeah, and it gets them, it gets them all the ratings and all the, all the things. And that's why my blog exists. That's why your blog exists. Why our entire like practices exist because... Yeah. We're trying to put out the, the, the information that's actually based on like research and anthropology and, you know, natural and normal human behavior and, that doesn't and child say, development. Right. And that doesn't say that you have to do things this way, no. but there's but a reason have why it's out there. That's the thing. It's like, if you want to formula feed your baby, I don't care. I don't care. I'll hold your bag while you feed your baby <laughs> bottle and sit there and tell you stories. I don't care. Right. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't, I, you know, whatever, but you need to have the information. You know, people need, people deserve to have information. Mm-hmm. You can't just be making decisions based on like, you know, money making lies from a formula company that say that it's exactly the same as breast milk. Right. Well, but it's not. It's and not. you need to know these things before you make the decision. And it really, and that comes to everything. And we should totally do, like, we'll have to put it on the list. Mommy Wars. The whole Mommy Wars thing. Oh, God, Because yeah. that's another thing that the media has completely blown up. Totally. And I am so offended 
by people that will not contact me about like weaning safely or cutting back on breastfeeding because they think I'm not going to be supportive yeah, because I'm a lactation. Right. It's like, that has nothing to do with it. I want, I want you to do what's right for your family, but I want you to have the right information. And when I teach childbirth classes, like, and this is a perfect example. I had a childbirth class the other day and it was the class that we talk about medications and I'm mm-hmm. telling them all the information about medications and how it impacts the baby and research-based, how it impacts a baby, how it impacts breastfeeding. And of course, people are looking at me like I am out of my mind, you know? And I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm not telling you to not get an epidural. I'm not telling you to not get medication. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you to have the information so that you're not surprised later on at side effects or intervention or anything else that happens. But you would do that with any other medical or anything that happens in your life, you would question it, right? So why would, why would you just automatically go with what somebody's telling you to do with your baby? I know people do more research when they're buying a refrigerator than they do when making decisions about their kids. And it's not, I don't, and it's not the mom's fault. It's like, you know, it's like you just automatically think that these medical professionals are going to give you all of the information. But the, the sorry thing is, is they're not. They don't They're know. Not, they don't know. Yeah, it's not their fault either. They don't know. Lactation and natural childbirth is not a part of medical curriculum. They do not have this information to give you. They're giving you the information that they've learned, that they've learned through hospital protocol, wherever they work. They're not giving you the whole blanket of information and your, and your various choices because they just don't know it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when you just, I mean... I, we, well, we bought like a dishwasher and like I was agonizing over what dishwasher to get. Like, I was just like, oh, like, oh, God, what is, this one has this and this one has this. I mean, I spent like hours looking at different dishwashers. <laughs> I did more research on dishwashers than I ever did. Not ever. than I did at first with like, you know, where my baby would sleep. I just went along with like the normal cultural thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, he's going to sleep in his crib. And I created this whole beautiful nursery that eventually was disassembled, having never been touched. Mm -hmm. Because it just, you know, once I started looking into it and doing the research that the similar same amount of research I did on the dishwasher, (laughs) I I was like, I don't want to do that. Like I sleep, we're sleep. I can't, you know, it's like, why can't I put, I can't put my baby down. Why doesn't my baby get put down I, I you know like why does he cry every time i put him down well because because he doesn't want you to put him down there's nothing wrong with your baby right. there's nothing wrong with your baby be like oh my god something's wrong with him i thought that too i thought oh my god something's wrong with him he cries every time i put him down so then i realized it was normal and i got a carrier and i brought him into my bed and then we slept and i walked around and he cried less well you know what the other thing that goes along with this too is that we're putting it all on the mom yeah, And this is another thing where, you know, generations ago, you had a house full of people that were there to help you. You had a community of people that were there to help you to come over and hold the baby for you. There's still cultures out there where the baby doesn't, their feet doesn't touch the, the ground for the first year of their life. Yep. Because that's their belief. And it's just, I mean, we don't do that here, obviously. But these moms, and I feel for them so much when they call me and they say, the baby is just crying and I can't put him down and I'm not getting any sleep because they are the only ones responsible. Because dad goes back to work after a week and we've, 
you know, dissociated ourselves from anybody else and we've displaced and your family lives 800 miles away and, you know, we are left to do this alone. And that's the problem. And it shouldn't be like that. It's true. Yeah. We're so isolated and we're so dependent on these uh, medical authority figures that also don't know anything. And so they're trying to give us answers, but they don't really know the answer. And so it's just like their opinion basically. And everyone's just like roughing it. They are. And miserable. I was too. Yes. I I was miserable and I knew nothing. And you know, when I, when I got into all of this stuff, when I got into like reading about, you know, how babies sleep and how babies breastfeed and all that, when Exley came along three years later, it was, you know, it was still hard, but it was so much easier than it was the first time. Cause I just knew so much more. I knew what I wanted. I knew mm-hmm. what was normal. I knew, you know, I knew that, that, that hold, that I wasn't, you know, it was, that it was impossible to, to, um, hold him too much, that it was impossible to breastfeed him too much, that it was impossible to breastfeed him for too long, <laughs> you know, to, to, you know, to all, all those things. It was impossible to spoil him by having him in, in my bed and, you know. It was a lot easier knowing that just that, and it felt right. You know, it felt, it's the other thing is that it feels when you're doing what you, what it, what's not grading on your instincts, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it just feels better. There's less stress. There's less darkness. Ugh, just, it really, but it's so hard when you feel like you're going against what everybody else is telling you. you well, yeah, do. that's awful. And it makes it, yeah, it makes you feel like you're crazy. Right. Especially I mean, when it's I, something that you don't know what you're doing anyway, you know, yes, and you're like, yes. okay, my mom who raised 18 kids told me I shouldn't hold the baby. Why am I trying to hold the baby when somebody who's obviously experienced told me not yeah. to do that? Right. I remember our pediatrician telling us when Jack was two weeks old, she said, you can go ahead and put him in the crib. Um, Whenever you are ready, you know, now is fine. Um, And then so the first night that you put him in there, um, you know, leave the room and um, let him cry for one minute and then go back in and pick him up. And then the next night, let him cry for two minutes and then the next night, three minutes. And Josh and I are looking at him, her. (laughs) We're looking at this lady and we're like, first of all, he sleeps in our room. And you should have seen her face. She had no idea what to say. She was just, she was like, oh. And then she just moved on to another topic because she had no idea what to say when we said that he slept in our room. It was just not something that she had been taught. She hadn't been taught how to respond to that. And you know what the other thing is? You're probably one of the only people who's actually come out and said that directly to her. Because we know that everybody else that had been in her office had probably been doing the same thing. Yep. And just nobody said it. That's, That's right. Nobody taught everybody. People just stopped talking about it. Yeah. I stopped going to her and I went to a, we got a new pediatrician who's like my favorite guy. He's won like the breastfeeding friendly award in Chicago, oh. like a bunch of times. And, um, he, you go in now and you know, that nurse always asks you questions at, at first before the doctor comes in. Yeah. And they're like, so do you have a family bed? Oh, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay. They're like, well, you know, what's your sleeping crib or family bed? Oh my god! It's like really? The options? Yes, it's just one of the options. Or like family bed, and he's like that. He come. He's like that is so wonderful. You are such a good mom. And he goes on and on about this stuff. 
And he's like, you're a six-year-old. Is he still breastfeeding? And I said, and I'm like always with the like look on my face because I'm <laughs> he still nurses to sleep at night and it's like one, one minute of my day that's like, oh! yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm like, yes, he still nurses to sleep. He's like, you are amazing. <sighs> you are incredible. And I'm like, you know, so I live in a big city. And I have a lot of options with like pediatricians, you know, but, but, you know, there are people out there that do know this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are people that will claim that they have pediatricians and medical people around them that do know this stuff. And, you know, if you live in a small town, you know, you might have like a couple of pediatricians there. You not you don't have a lot of options, but there are people out there. Maybe ask your friends who they see. That's how I got to know this guy. I just said, who are, who's everybody going to? And a couple of people said his name and, you know, kind of what he's into. And so I found him. So I don't know. That's just to say, like, if you don't like what the medical people are saying to you, you know, they work for you. Right. They are not in charge of what goes on in your house. They do not get to tell you to stop anything that you're doing. And if you don't like what they're saying to you, then find someone else. Fire them. Fire I, them. I always work for you. You can fire them. I always try to put it into it. You know, like I'll get moms that are like, all right, should I wake the baby to feed them? Like during the day. Like, yeah. and I say to them, because everybody tells me not to wake a sleeping baby. And I said, if you let your baby sleep five hours during the day without a feed, that's fine if it's okay with you, but they probably will be up at night to eat. Like, I'm just telling you, like they yeah. want to eat a certain amount of times a day in 24 hours. If you wake them during the day after like three hours, because they're, you know, sleeping to feed them, then more than likely you'll get a little bit more sleep overnight. Like, that's just kind of how it works. They're like, well, mm-hmm. everybody tells me not to wake a sleeping baby. And I'm like, are those people at your house at three in the morning? <laughs> and they're like, right. no. Well, then okay. wake your baby up during the day if that works for you. Uh-huh. Like, if you're like, no, I want, because that was kind of me. Like, I wanted a nap during the day when my kids were napping. So I didn't worry about it. But if you are somebody who really wants to, like, you know, try to have a little handle on things, then, you know, wake them up. But the point being that this people that are telling you what to do are not living your life. They're not in your house. So, right. And if it comes, if it comes in the form of a, some sort of cliche like that, like never wake a sleeping baby, like question it because, you know, <laughs> we can't live our life by like things that sound cute when you say them. Right. And is it something that they were saying, you know, 80 years ago that it probably doesn't make much sense now to do that. Like it's just, but everybody's baby is different and everybody's baby reacts differently. And sometimes I just say to moms, give it a shot, see what happens. You know, I had a mom the other day. Can I let, do you think it's okay now to let the baby sleep during the day if they're sleeping? And I'm like, give it a shot. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like it just, it's your baby, you know? And there is no, like, if you're just responding to their needs, you're not doing the wrong thing. But what you do right. with your baby is not going to be the same thing that might respond well to somebody else's baby. Oh, oh God, what happened? <laughs> God, I actually burst in the room and scared the crap out of me. It sounds like somebody <laughs> dropped something. I actually just burst in. I was like, <laughs> my gosh. That startled me, actually. Okay, sorry. Like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's really very... Um, do what's right for your family, you know, and responding to your baby's needs is not the wrong thing to do. That's never the wrong thing to do. Responding to your right. baby's needs, responding to your child's needs. That is never the wrong thing to do. No, if they never. need you, they need you. 
and trying to teach them how to take care of themselves at the age of six weeks is not necessarily going to work in your favor. No, no. And yeah, if there's, if there's things that you're wondering about where to get the good information, then send us an email because we can show you, you know, websites and researchers and, you know, Absolutely. That, that yeah. are talking about this stuff where you Absolutely. can get, where you can read more about it. And then, you know, when you read more about it and you kind of get a little bit better of a handle on it, then you can make a great decision for your family. You know, you mm-hmm. can make a decision that your whole family is comfortable with. Right. You'll, yeah. And make that's you what's most important, really. That's what comes down to it. It's not mommy wars. It's not I'm right and you're wrong. It's nothing like that. It's what you do for your family after you have, you know, figured out what's best for you. Not what society thinks right is best for you. What you think is best for you and your family. That's what it comes down to. Yes. Pretty much. That's it. That's all. And again, <laughs> we've saved the world. Yeah. So, but, so now, like, last week we came up with something else that we wanted to talk about, which I now, of course, I can't remember what it was. But this week, so I, I do think we should do a Mommy Wars thing, but at some point. But really, yeah. if you think of anything that you think we should talk about, email us can all be part of our the badass community we want to hear from you yes do it and uh and we'll go from there and next week we'll talk about something even more fun i'm pretty sure <laughs> we don't know what it is because we don't have our list in front of us oh you know what i do have my list just right tune here. in oh. yeah touched out touched out in bad oh, days cool all right that's another one that can go on for days yeah that's a good one so enjoy the this one if you haven't listened to any other ones yet go back listen to some of the other ones and let us know if you have any uh, questions, if you want any links to anything, if you want any additional information. This is how we do with our life, people. This is yeah, it. So we're waiting. We've got it. We're waiting. Yes, we're waiting for you. <laughs> and uh, we will see you ne- talk to you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.